Somebody say breakthrough. Somebody say breakthrough is mine. How many believe that today? Breakthrough is mine. See, God doesn't just break us through. He breaks us through to break us loose, to break us out. See, we, do, we don't go. <laughs> Our God is a God of multiplication. He's a God of abundance. See, when we pray this, when we pray, God, just, just give me enough to get by. Just, just pay my mortgage. Just, just pay my car. God, just wait, please, you know, just give me enough. You know what he says? He says that's a selfish prayer. Why? Because he wants us to advance his kingdom. How can we advance his kingdom if we don't have any money? If we just only have enough for ourselves? See, isn't this what Elijah taught? When she says, me and my son just have enough. We have one more meal and then we're going to die. That's how most believers, most Christians are like. Well, we're just, you know, we're here till we die and then we go on to glory, we go on to heaven. That's not what God wants from us. He wants willing vessels that are, are willing to take territory, that are willing to, to, to walk on the water. How many want to walk on the water? <laughs> Come on, how many want to walk on the water? Thank you, Jesus. Ren and, and, and Rachel and, and Eli and, I, and the family, they're, they're just wonderful people. They're loving people that, that God has blessed. And you guys are blessed to have them. I, I, I met Ren and, come on, come on, lift it up. We, we honor them. We honor them. We honor the gifts that God's called them to in and, and, and they're not just building a church here. They're building a, a ministry, and God's given them a blueprint for America and, and for the world. See, see, God doesn't want us just in a box. You know, we, we always hear, you know, we, you can't keep God in a box, but he doesn't want us in a box either. He said, these are my children, and, 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 and I want them out. I want them into the world. I want them to be the light shining upon the hill. I don't want them in fear, right? You're not born with a spirit of fear, but a power, right? And see, without the power, it's not good news. Authority is not full without the power. You know, when you think of, you can think of a, a, a mall security cop, right? He has the badge, the, and he has authority in the mall, right? A, a rent-a-cop, if you will. What happens when somebody walks out and steals something? Are they able to shoot them? They don't have that authority. They don't have that authority. They can call the police. They can do these kind of things, but they don't have the gun. They don't have the power to enforce the authority. And so authority is not complete without the power. And without the power of the gospel, it's not good news. It's not good news. If we're... If we're beat down, broke, busted, and disgusted, it's not good news. And, and unfortunately, that's how a lot of Christians are. Beat down, broke, busted, and disgusted. And that's not what you're called. That's not what you're made for. You're a child of the Most High God. You're a child of the King. And when my, my son comes to me, he doesn't have to beg me. 
he comes to the he comes to the throne boldly expecting expecting me and that's how our father in heaven is when we enter into the throne room through boldness right expecting where's the expectancy i say i believe but do i expect it to happen am i am i really expecting you know a woman nine months eight months nine months pregnant what is she she's expecting because there's birthing pains there's signs there there's signs that that come with it she's like there's an uncomfortability there right and some think to well uh, you know the comforter's just here to get me a nice comfortable house or a nice comfortable car or a nice you know twenty thousand dollar comfortable refrigerator these kind of things and and that's what the american church has fallen into that's what the comforter's for hey i declare it I decree it, it's mine, right? No. No, not when you look at, at people like Paul and, and different people in the Bible, you know. He needed the comforter. We need the comforter because he's called us to be uncomfortable. But he says this, he says, I promise you, I will never leave or forsake you. And my strength is in your weakness because my strength becomes perfect in your weakness. Apart from him, I can do nothing. In the things of the spirit in the American church have been put to the side. They've been, they've been on the lower levels. But you know what? We need them more than ever. We need the power of the gospel. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power to come into our lives. Because authority is not complete without the power. We need the power to heal to deliver. You, how many know we don't negotiate with demons? Have we been given power and authority over them? But what happened in the book of Acts? There's some that tried to cast out the demons. What happened? They ended up broke, busted, and disgusted. And beat up and run off naked, right? And that's what happens when we don't have the power. We may have we may have the authority, but we're not. if we don't have the power, we're going to get beat up pretty good. And that's what happens in most people's life. They don't experience the power. They don't experience the encounter, which can only come by love. Do you know what empowers faith? It's love, right? Love empowers faith. And we're a people of faith. And we're a people of power. And that should never be put on the back burner or secondary because... Because that's why the world is beating up the church. Because the church looks just like the world. And the church has become more like nightclubs. Dark, nice lighting. But what happens, you know, people get outside into the day and they can't even see because there's so much in the dark. They don't even know what it's like to live outside of the church. And all ministry and everything else takes place inside of the church. That's not where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be out Jesus said this. He said, go into all the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey my commands. Discipleship. See, we can't do this without the power. We need the power of the gospel. Without the power, it is not good news. It's the good news of salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Come on, Jesus. In Matthew 6.33, it says this. It says, first seek the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. They're not separate. Authority is not separate from power. The kingdom is not separate from righteousness. How many knows how righteousness is revealed? How do we seek righteousness? Through our faith. It's spelled out in, in Romans 1. 1 um, I think Romans 1. Let's go there. Because I want to preach on this a little bit too. Which is, Paul said this. He said, I pray that I may go to you, that I may lay hands upon you, that you may receive some spiritual gift, right? That may edify you. So there's a blessing in it for you. And I want to speak a little bit about that today because there's something about laying on of hands, something that we can't get just over the Internet. And, and today we're going to lay on hands, and God's going to touch you. And I pray that God wrecks you. I, I pray that God destroys everything you thought you ever knew about who he was and what he's called you to do. That's what he did to me. And I don't want to do it alone. I pray that God wrecks you even online today. So let's look at Romans 1. I'm going to read from Romans 1.11. Paul said, I, For I long to see you that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen you and establish you. I'm reading out of the Amplified. So Paul wants to go and lay hands upon them. Why? Because there's a reason for it. There's something about laying on of hands. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that many times I have planned to come to you and have been prevented so that I may have some fruit among you, even as I have among the rest of the Gentiles. I have a duty to perform and a debt to pay both Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. So for my part, I am ready and eager to preach the gospel, also to you who are in Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the what? The power the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Who's the author and finisher of our salvation? <sighs> For everyone who believes in Christ the Savior, to Jew first and also the Greek. In number 17, it says, For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith, faith to faith. So I can have faith for healing. I can have faith for prophecy. I can have faith for this. But guess what? Faith is the evidence of things unseen. So I've seen many, many miracles. I've seen many things. I no longer have to have faith for that. I see it. I believe it. I know it happens. I'm a witness, right? But we go from faith to faith. So what's that mean? I can rest on what I've seen and what I've done? No, right? That means that we, we get to press higher, right? We get, to, we get to risk more. We get to, you know what I mean? You were talking about the offering. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm stuck in just giving this little bit, I'm, I can get very comfortable with that. But that's, that'll never stretch me. 
that'll never give me the breakthrough that I truly desire. Because David said, I won't do it unless it costs me. Because guess what? When, you, when it costs you, when it stretches you, it moves you. That's what moves us. Is when we begin to be stretched and we begin to step out into the unknown. That's where faith exists, right? It's the evidence of things heard but not yet seen. It's the hope that lies within us. Hope for my healing. Hope for my deliverance. Hope for my anointing. Hope for my, hope for my children. When I can step, when I can begin to walk on the water. See, when Jesus walked on the water, the disciples become afraid. First thing that we do, we become afraid. They thought it was a ghost. He said this. They said, Jesus, if that's you, call me. Call me out. And, and Peter began to step. He began to walk. How many, how many have a calling? Everybody better have a hand up. <laughs> Everybody better have their hand up. We need to move, right? For the just shall walk by faith alone. That's the next verse. That's what it says there, right? It's our faith. He's the author, the finisher of our, of our faith. When Jesus said, when I come back, shall I find faith among the earth? We're a people of faith. And we're a people of power and presence. Can you... I was talking about, I grew up with two brothers when I was young. I was talking to Pastor Ray Joan about that, and I said, boy, we had a lot of competition. We were 11 months apart. I had two brothers. My mom had three boys, and boy, did we fight. We had, there was a lot of competition, and that's what's going on in the church today. Selfish ambition, competition, one-upping, all this stuff is going on in the body of Christ. But you know, you hear it in, in brother and sister bands. You know, when they come together and they begin to sing, there's a harmony that goes to a whole other level. And that's what needs to happen in the church. Because we're all singing the same tune. But there's something that happens when it comes together. It's, it's almost magical. When you, when you hear it, you get in the presence of, whoa. Something different is happening when you have the harmony. And that's what Jesus wants, right? And Jesus is our brother. We should look like him. We should act like him. Put on the mind of Christ, right? Those that are joined with the Lord become one spirit. It's, it's, it's the oneness. It's the blessing of God. It's the power of the gospel. In there was, a, there was a great, you know, prophet that many people quote. He, he got a lot of accurate words. Sometimes he missed it. Sometimes he was spot on. His name was Bob Jones. He died and went to heaven. And, and most of even, like, the people that follow him don't even know what his life's message was. A lot of his spiritual children and stuff that completely miss it, that his life's message was, did you learn to love? See, Bob Jones died and went to heaven. And he stood in a line, and there was two lines, one that was, and, 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 and they stood in front of Jesus, 
And there was a great big long line that was going to hell. And he stood in the line, and, and Jesus, when they come one at a time, they came to Jesus, and he had one question. It wasn't, did you prophesy? Did you heal the sick? Did you, did you give your money? Did you do this or that? And he said, did you love? Did you learn to love? And, and then he would open his chest, and they would come in. And Bob Jones says he got up to him. He was puckering up, ready to kiss him and go into heaven. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute. I'm sending you back. Do you see all these people over here that are going to hell? I want to send you back and teach them. Did you learn to love? I want to raise a generation. I want to raise a generation of wonder workers, of miracle workers that are going to touch the world through your Return through that, that I want to send you to return to teach these people this. And we hear a lot about his prophecies, but we don't hear his message. Did you learn to love? Jesus said, Did you learn to love? One question, one question only. See, Jesus doesn't need us to do the miracles, he allows us to do it. And it's not us, because if we take credit for the miracles, we also have to take credit for the ones that don't. Everything that doesn't work. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want that responsibility. See, miracle signs and wonders will follow those who believe. There's, there's like a wake in the boat. They just follow us. They just happen. Because of who you are. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It always flows from us. When we, we step into a dark atmosphere, the atmosphere has to change. Do you know in the Old Testament, if you touched the leper, what happened? <laughs> you got leprosy. You were done. But in the New Testament, when you touch the leper, what happened? The leper has to come clean. And everybody's running from what? What if I die today? I don't. Where am I going? Do, do, I, do I really believe? Do I really believe that there's something better? Am I living for right here and now? And this is what we do as Americans, as worldly, is that am I giving my blessing like Esau did? I'm telling you, you've got to grab that. You've got to get a hold of that because it happens with everything we do in our everyday life. Because I look at myself and I say, am I eating for my tomorrow? Or am I eating for what I want right now? See, because in the Old Testament, Adam ate, right? But in the New Testament, Jesus starved. He fed his spirit. He followed his father in heaven. Why? Because there was a greater blessing. And I love supernatural weight loss. I need it. I've seen it. But the fact is, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if I'm not honoring the vessel, I'm not honoring him. It's, it's crazy, and it gets really real real fast. <laughs> you know, and... But the thing is, he wants to transition you because revival is not in a place. It's in the people. 
Revival is not in a place, it's in the people. And you are the people. And God is shifting you and shaking you and waking you. Why? Because of what he wants to do here. He's going to do something amazing here that's going to touch the world. Equipping, sending. And I was seeing crazy things happen. I was seeing people sewing houses. I was seeing people sewing cars. I was seeing people do like crazy things in faith. See, not everybody's called to go stand on a platform in Pakistan. Some people are called to finance. In, in, in Matthew 6, 33, what's it say? First seek ye the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And then what happens? Everything that you need is within these three verses. His kingdom, his righteousness. How do we get righteousness? It's not by, it's not by going and shining the outside of my car or, or, or wearing a nice suit. It's about walking in faith, right? Who's our father of faith? Abraham. Abraham is, is declared the father of faith, right? How was his faith attained through, or how was his righteousness attained? It was through his faith. Right? Let your faith be accounted as righteousness. Somebody's got to get this. Because we're, we're commanded in Matthew 6.33 to seek these things first. They're not separate. They're not apart. But right, righteousness is what? It's a staff in his kingdom. What is a staff? If, if I'm herding sheep, I have a staff. What's a staff do? Everything I needed to do. They understand, the sheep understand that my staff is my power and authority. Righteousness shall be a staff unto the kingdom. It can only come by my faith. But if I'm not in faith, I'm comfortable in what I know and what I've done, I cannot be in faith. Why? Because I've already experienced it. Faith is when? It's now. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith now is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. For if I've seen it, I don't have it. Now I believe. I believe that God heals tumors. I've seen them fall off people's bodies. It was in, 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 in uh, Brazil last year as we prayed for a woman. <sighs> she threw up a cancerous tumor from her stomach, and there it is on the floor. And she's manifesting a demon, and there's blood all over, and there's flesh. And I'm like, <sighs> the things that you can't in, explain in words what's going on because you have no grid for this. You have no understanding of what this is. <laughs> and people say, why does God do that like that? Why, the, I don't, why not the blood? Why not the blood? You know, Jesus went to the cross for us. And he gave his blood. And the woman gets up off the floor. They go clean her up. And she's smiling, gives testimony that she had cancer. And she's now free from cancer. We have a doctor-verified report that she's now free from cancer. And she's living out the gospel. She's delivered from the enemy. In... And so, let me say this. Do you think I could have counseled the demon out? 
No, no, that's what we want to do because we know, hey, let's sozo. Let's, let's just, you know, let's just, you know, go back and do. No, no, we take power and authority over every unclean spirit. <laughs> we have the power. We have the authority. It's there for us. And all we have to do is grab it. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And there was disciples, you know, Peter. We know the Peter that, and, and this is how we are in our walk, right? I was, I was the Peter says, yes, Jesus, I'll go with you anywhere. You're my bro. We're friends, right? We're, we're together, right? I'm going to go with you. Even if you go to the cross, I'm going to go with you. We're going to go together. And what did Jesus say to him? Peter, for sure, you're going to deny me three times. He wasn't operating in a word of knowledge. He knew the beginning from the end, and it's available for you. Not because I said it, because he said it in John 14, 12. All the things that I've done, you will do, and even greater. Even greater things. This is Jesus Christ himself saying this. And he didn't say it in a parable. We're used to Jesus talking in parables, and we have to, we have to be the king, right? It's, a, it's the pleasure of the Father to, to hide a matter, but the pleasure of a king to seek out that matter. But Jesus says, believe where? In your heart. Something very important happened to me as I was chasing God. And I was hungry, and I went to a, a power and love meeting in, in New Jersey with uh, Robbie Dawkins and... Uh, Todd White, and I wanted, I had saw Todd White on, on the internet praying for people, seeing healings. I'm like, I want healed. I had a back that was broken in two places. I had two crushed discs. I was in a, a garage, and we were being manly men, and we were picking up an old car, and I snapped my back, and it hurt, and I, I thought I was going to be paralyzed. I had snap, snap. I had two crushed discs in my back, and it hurt. And it hurt to drive, it hurt to put on my pants, these kind of things. I was hurt. And, and I went to this meeting, and they were doing this thing called evangelism. They were going out, and I, I'm very introverted. I failed the first grade because I wouldn't talk to the teacher. And I'm very quiet. I, you would never, I had such a, a fear of public speaking, fear of man, these kind of things, right? Jesus delivered me from that. <sighs> Only he can do that. And and I go to this meeting, and we're on this outreach, and, and there's one of the guys in the car, and he's saying, well, I prayed for someone, and their leg grew four inches. Got my attention. And I said, I want you to pray for me when we get back. I want you to pray for my back. And we got back, and they begin to shock out of the bone. I say, I mean, and all of a sudden, I felt this whoop. I, I, I got like an inch taller, just like that, and I'm like, I got scared. I was facing the wall. And I'm like, in myself, this was going on. Did that really just happen? Did I make that up? Am I, am I really here right now? And, 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 and there was a certain fear that came. And there was a doubt and unbelief that I realized was in my head. It was all going on here. And I thought I believed. And something sank from here to here. And I understand what Jesus meant when he said, believe in your heart. Because when you believe in your heart, 
When you have your heart set on you've heard it said, if you have your heart set on something, it's going to happen. If I, if, if I love a, a car, a truck, whatever, and I have my heart set, it's going to happen. If I have to work extra hours, if I, have to, if I have to do this, if I have to do that, I'm going to do it because my heart is set on that. It's not set on the other things that I have to do. My heart is set on obtaining the goal, the prize. And nothing's going to stop me from getting that. Because my heart's set on it. And I'm telling you, <sighs> men and women burn. They burn for things like football and NASCAR and spouses, husbands, wives, children. And everybody can burn for something, but I burn for Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, if, if your husband can burn for football, he can burn for Jesus. And you, you make that prayer. Make the prayer. Not to, just enough that he stops doing what he's doing, but change it. Use that desire and that burning to switch, to focus the center around Christ. This something very powerful happened in Africa to me. Two years ago, I was doing a crusade and and I went there, and I'm praying, and in, in the spirit, I'm seeing this witch doctor praying against me, trying to stop me. And, and every night, we saw miracles. We saw God move in healings, deliverance, these kind of things. God was moving. And the next night, I see him praying against us, cursing. And, and, and I made this prayer. I said, Lord, Everything that he's praying against me, let it be turned back on to a month of repentance. Lord, not to kill him, but to make him an evangelist for you. Give him a testimony. Bring him to the light and use him for your kingdom. That was my prayer. And I said to my wife, Christiani, I said, I think our biggest testimony from this trip is not going to be the miracles we've seen. I, I said, I, I really believe. I believe God hears my prayers. <laughs> and I believe he's going to honor this prayer. And I think this witch doctor is going to come to Christ. And so every night we're, we're, doing, we're doing miracle signs and wonders. And I didn't really feel like the guy came. You know what I mean? We had lots of, lots of, but I didn't have this feeling in, in the, um, and the uh, the last night we're doing impartation in in I, I know you guys are all familiar with impartation and we're we're setting up all week for an impartation right because we don't just want to go there and, and and blow up the spot so to speak we want to train equip and so we don't have to go back there every week to you know so we we don't want to be that person because God uses his whole body. And, and, and when you train somebody to do this stuff, and that's what I love about this house, that they're actually training, equipping, and sending these kind of things, it, it takes all the work off you. And many, work, many hands make light work, right? So, so anyways, we're getting there, and, and, I start, and I start praying for impartation, the fivefold. And, and um, I pray for the apostle. And, and there was, there's a whole field full of people. And maybe one here was 
started shaking violently, and one over here started shaking, and, and three here, you know, these kind of things. Only God can do this, right? And, and they began to shake violently, and so we only had, we had a small platform, and I'm like, it was raining all day, and it was wet, and so everybody be, kind of became the catchers, right? So as they began to shake, we'd pull them forth and lay hands, pray for them, bless them, and we'd put them in a pile. And we had a whole pile full of people, and they were kicking each other and screaming. Some were being delivered. Some were being imparted. This all kinds of stuff. You can't even explain it in words what was happening. Everything, it was just like everything broke loose. And then, you know, I start praying for the prophets. And, and wherever they were, they'd begin to shake. They'd begin to violently shake, you know. It's like you, you plugged them into a wall socket. They began to shake. And, and all the way down through the evangelists, the pastors, and, and God would de- sovereignly touch them. He would touch them. The Holy Spirit would, 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 would grab them wherever they were. And, 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 and I'm continuing praying. And as we're, I, I, I got this quick download. I, and, and the Holy Spirit said, rebuke the frog spirit. I'm like, I never heard of a frog spirit. What's a frog spirit? But I did it. I, I uh, said, I rebuked the frog spirit. I commanded it to go and never return. And, and Chris was behind me and my wife. And, and she goes, hey, Tom, look. And all around our platform, every corner of the platform in the front and all around, she goes, look. And all around our platform, this witch doctor had his disciples. <laughs> and they were throwing up. They were down on their knees. They were, throw, just like, they were acting like frogs, and they began to throw up. And I realized later that the frog spirit is in the book of Revelation. I never knew that. Where's the word written? It's written in my heart. Right? In the Old Testament, it's written on the stone, right? In the New Testament, I will write my word on your flesh. But what happens, right? He said, I will create in you a new heart. Not a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh. So he creates in us a new heart right? And a right spirit. So only God can do these things. We can't do these through our good teachings and our good, you know, our good sermons and all this. That can never happen. Just as much as you can't negotiate out a demon, he's going to laugh at you. He's going to tell you everything you want to hear. But the devil's going to continue to kill, steal, rob, and destroy because that's what he does. The Bible says, be wise as the serpent, but gentle as the dove. So we, we must know, right? It's the will of God that all shall be saved, but come to the knowledge of God. So we need the knowledge. We need to know and understand, right, all the mysteries of Christ. And we need to know, not just to know that God heals today, but we also need to demonstrate, right? That's what happened when Jesus rose from the grave. He didn't say, I'm going to give you another good sermon. He talked. But what did he do? He demonstrated the kingdom of heaven. And he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here now. In the book of Luke 16, <clears throat> it, says, it says up until this time, you know, the prophets of old. But now the kingdom of heaven is preached and demonstrated. So it's now, it's here. It's not something that we're going to be walking into tomorrow. It's something that's here and available now. 
We are in that time. We are in the time that the prophets of old, kings of old, only could see coming. We spend a lot of time seeing things coming that we don't realize what's in front of us. This is what happens in marriages today. In families, the man or the woman is always looking somewhere else for something that he already has in front of him. It happened way back in the fall, right? Didn't you know if you would eat this, that you would be like God? Well, guess what? You're created in his image. You're already in in in. And Paul says, you know, I want to activate what's already inside of you. I want to bring it, manifest it to the top. And I believe that's what's going to happen today. So we're in this crusade and these demons are throwing up and we have a great, you know, a lot of miracles, healing, signs and wonders. People, blind eyes are opening. You know, all the things that, that we dream of seeing, we hear about seeing, they were all happening. But I'm like, I don't feel like, you know, I didn't hear about this witch doctor. I'm like, where? And, and I'm pressing in. I'm believing. I'm expecting. What am I doing? I'm expecting. I'm expecting this to happen. And, and so we, we end up flying home. And it was five days later, the pastor sends me a message. He's telling me about all the miracles. And he said something very different happened. He said there's a witch doctor that came and and he brought all his trinkets and, and they put him in a pile and he gave his life to Christ and they burn all his stuff. And, and he said that he killed 96 children in blood sacrifice. 96 children. And when he came to the meeting, he was trying to curse me. And there was three times that the Lord struck him down. He, he was there to kill me. And he said he woke up three days later in the hospital. And he said he had a visitation from the angel of the Lord. And he, the angel of the Lord came and took a snake from his belly. Delivered him. And now he's revealing the secrets of the occult. He's no longer killing children. And he's converting Muslims every day. He's an evangelist through the testimony. <sighs> I had no grid for that. I love to see that. I, I love to see the things I've already seen because I expect those things. I expect to see the, the blind eyes open. I've, you know, the, the, the ears pop open, these kind of things. I had already seen them. I didn't even need to have a lot of faith for them. Why? Because I've already seen them. I had to have faith and I had to expect that God was going to do something different than I had. Because why? Because my heart is to equip and train and send. Why? Because I don't want to do it alone. I'm so tired of, 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 of church as usual. People sit in the pew for 20 years and nothing's ever changed. They're still groaning, complaining about stuff that happened 20 years ago. But see, when we're, what we do what we're called to do, we're never bored. That's what happens when we get bored, you know. You know there's, a, there's a story about the hunting dogs, right? And, and I don't know if people hunt with dogs down here, but 
um, it's very popular. These dogs are ferocious, and they chase the animal. When you let them go, they run, and they chase, and they tree the coon, whatever they're doing, and, and they don't do it easily, right? They're, they're aggressive. But what happens when you put them alone in the kennel? They begin to attack each other. They begin to fight with each other. They begin to attack each other because that's not their purpose They begin, to, they begin to turn on each other. But when they're out doing what they're doing, they get along just fine. And that's what we need to be doing. But people need to know and understand what their destiny, what their call is, what their gifts are. And even the gifts that you have, you know, can be increased. Do you know that the Father of Lights gives gifts unto men? He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. How many are called? <laughs> He equips the call. So it's not in my great wisdom that I get to go. It's in my meekness. It's in my humility. That's the only way I can do it. Because with him I can do anything, but apart from him nothing can be done. And what is done out of our own strength has to be maintained out of our own strength. We know this in the world, right? If I'm, if I'm building my ministry out of, out of my whatever it is, my, my sermons, whatever it is, my, my own, you know, my own good works, then I have to maintain them out of that same work. But if God builds the house, right? If man builds a house, it's done in vain. But if God builds a house, and that's what God is doing here. God is building the house, and God is blessing the house, and God is increasing the house. And that's why I saw in the Spirit, people are, are like giving away houses. People are giving away cars. People are giving away like crazy stuff. It's, it's, some people will call that radical faith. But they know what comes behind it because I'm not, no longer living for today. I live for him. And that's what Jesus had to see in the garden, right? When, when he's, he's in the garden, right? They were both in the garden, right? Adam and Jesus, the second Adam. Jesus prayed. He said, Father, right? Adam, the first Adam chose his will. The second Adam chose God's will. And Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done. And it cost him something. And it cost us everything. I can prove it to you. Jesus said this. He says, those that will save their life will lose it. And those that will lay down their life shall gain life. And it's a hard message. It's, it's so hard that it costs you everything. But there's everything to gain. And when we really get a hold of, of what this means, that everything's upside down and backwards in the kingdom, then we can understand, well, if, you have my, if my, my flesh wants to do this, I need to check with Christ, right? Take every thought captive according to the mind of Christ. Because that's what changes our heart. Because his spirit works so mightily within us, discerning between bone and marrow motives and intentions. So we can make the same prayer with two different motives, right? We can do the same thing two different ways, one with the wrong motive and one with the right. But I'm telling you, there's nothing more powerful when you are aligned with what God is doing. Because all hell can't stop you. That's what, that's what Jesus told Peter, right? And Peter said, who do men say that I am? And some said that, you know, he's Jeremiah. Some say he's Elijah. Some say he's crazy. 
You know, you're local. You're crazy. You're nuts, right? He says, Peter, who do you say that I am? And he says, for sure you are what? The Christ. We have to catch this. The Christ. The Son of the living God. That's you. That's me. In the book of Colossians, what's it say? It's Christ in you. It's not Christ in Jesus. It's Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. And it talks about the marriage, right, in Ephesians. It talks about the natural marriage and how it aligns with how we are married to him. And we become one spirit with him. It's the mystery of Christ. It's Christ in you. Somebody say there's more. There's more. There's so much more. And, and when, you, when you begin to, when you have your eyes open, you begin to seek, you begin to find, and you realize that, hey, this isn't boring. Church isn't really boring anymore. It's nothing that I have to do. It's something I get to do. It's something I get to do. It's something I'm excited to do. It's, it's, there's an adventure in it for me. There's, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer doing it out of a, a, a spirit of shame or, or duty or these kind of things, you know. And we fall into these patterns in the natural as well, right? I'm the husband. This is what I need to do. This is my chores. This, and it's not like that at all. It's not that I have to do it. It's that I get to do it. <sighs> because I'm no longer looking down here. I'm seated in my heavenly places and I'm looking from up here. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. And I lo- no longer have to look this way. But I begin to look and see the big picture I begin to learn and understand that, hey, there's more. There's more than just my small problems right now. There's a bigger picture here. In the book of Acts 16, it says, it says, I will save you, 1631, and your family. We love our families. We pray for our families. But guess what? When God touched me, he didn't just touch me. He touched my whole family. Why? Because I grew up in the world. I grew up drinking and fighting and living for the devil, running wild. And they said, he'll never change. And I had some sort of a reputation. But guess what? God changed all that. Only he could do that. I went to, went to counseling. I went to, you know, recovery, all that stuff. You know what? None of it could change me. Only God can change me. Because I tasted and saw that it was good. And when you have a taste of the good stuff, you don't ever want the dirt again. It's like, I love coffee. And I know Jesus does too, right? The book of Hebrews, right? Hebrews, coffee. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. I know he loves his coffee. <laughs> but the thing is, I love a good cup of coffee. My wife's Brazilian. We go to Brazil all the time and and, and they love their coffee. And I'm, I love my coffee. I love the Brazilian coffee. But, you know, once I have the good stuff, when I ha- taste the, the bad stuff, it's like, ew. You know, it's no good. And that's how Jesus is, right? What's he say? Hot or cold, lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Everybody burns for something. Everybody does. Everybody burns for something. You know, you've seen people go crazy over things like football and racing and all these sports events and all this stuff, and they lay down their life for it, man. They've been there. <laughs> they spent all their money. They bought the T-shirts. They painted up. All this, we've seen it. We know it. This is how we're built. We're built to burn. We are built to serve. We are built in his image to serve him. 
And when you begin to burn for him, things start to happen. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be answered. It's a promise. It's not a, it's not a you know, hey, I'm going to use him, but not you, but you, you know. It's not like that at all. It's a promise that we have of the gospel, the eternal gospel. Seek and you shall find, right? Blessed are those who seek righteousness for they shall find it. How do we get righteousness through our faith? It's not by our own works. We mess up. Yeah, we fail sometimes. But you know what happens if we trip? Are we falling? Are we getting up and going in the same direction? What direction are we? Where's my heart set? That's where I'm going. If, if we're going on a trip and I'm going to Florida and you're going to New York, sir, you and I are going to have troubles. Because sooner or later, we might get along for a little while, but sooner or later, we're going to have troubles because we're going to two different places. And if our hearts aren't set on the same place, then we're going to have trouble. And this is what happens when we idolize things like ministry, places, churches, these kind of things. Guess what? They fail us, and they always will. But I will never leave you or forsake you, says the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. The anointing shall teach you all things, even the spirit of truth that will show you all things, even things to come. How many want to see things to come? It's not just up to the man or woman of God. who It's up to you because we're promised this. This is a promise. And when Peter said, I'll go with you, Lord. Was that the same Peter that walked out of the synagogue down by the sick and they got healed? It wasn't the same Peter, was it? Something happened. Something changed. That's you. That's me. Something happens. Something changes when he begins to work in our life and we begin to burn for him and we begin to lay down our lives for him and follow him. It's not just about saying one prayer. The sinner's prayer. It's about laying down our cross every day. Lord, I know because you've told me, you've convicted me that I need to stop doing that. And I choose today. And if I don't get there today, what's tomorrow? My grace is sufficient. Call upon his grace every day. My grace is sufficient, he says. So what do you have that you need? Nothing. But you have everything. With the grace of God, right? Because it's not, we, this is what happened, right? When I grew up, when I was young, we had a preacher over here who'd say, oh, you need to repent. You're no good, low-down sinner. You're going to burn in hell. I didn't want to hear anything about it. And, and this was the platform, right? You're a no good sinner. You're never going to be anything. It's by the grace of God that you're even allowed to, to be here today. And now today we have this. <laughs> hey, brother, come join, jump in the hot tub. Let's smoke a doobie and get some broads, and we're going to have a good time. <laughs> what do you like? You like guys? Me too. I love Jesus. He's cute. But let's just have fun. 
right? Let's do what we want because we have grace to do whatever we want. That's not what grace is, right? So who's right? Are they? That's right. Neither one is. Where's Jesus? Right in the middle. If they're, if these two are, are anchors pulling a tightrope, where's Jesus? He's standing on the rope. The truth lies in the tension. We have a Savior. That's what his name is, right? God gave the angels names, right? And they all started with E-L. But what happened with Christ? He gave them a name above all names, which means salvation. And nobody comes to the Father except through Christ. And when we look at the book of John 14, 14, 12, it says, those who believe in their heart, the things I've done, they'll do an even greater. But there's not not just one verse in that whole passage, you know. (laughs) There's there's whole scripture, John 14, 15, 16. He says, the process is to love the Lord, learn to love the Lord. Because when you love the Lord, you'll lay down your life for him. When you love something, you will lay down your everything. When, you know, young men and women, they get together when they're, they're teenagers and they come and they're, it's just gooey and it's happy. Oh, and all they talk about is the other one. You know, oh, you know, so-and-so did this and this and that. It's like, just shut up. I don't want to hear about it no more. Right? But, but they'll go out and they'll spend all their cash to buy the ring. Or they'll spend all their cash to give them the things that they want. Are we really like that with Christ? Are we willing to lay down our cash? If we're not, then that's where we need breakthrough. That's what we need to lose. Why? Because we have to lose it in order for him to fill it. The Bible says this. You will be judged in the amount that you judge. It's a spiritual law. It's a spiritual dynamic. It's like the law of gravity. If I jump off this, what's going to happen? Unless Jesus takes me, I'm going that way. But I'm going to fall, right? It's a a natural law of gravity. And I know that's what's going to happen. But I need to know just as much that if I'm in judgment of another person, that judgment's coming on me, and there's no way to get around it. Because I can fool you guys, but I can't fool him. Because he knows the thoughts, motives, intentions of my heart. He knows the hairs that are upon your head. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows what you're going to ask before you ask it. Guess what? There's no way out. I've tried. There's just not. You know, we do this thing in Brazil where, do you know the Bible says that we have power over all unclean spirits? So, there's this thing that we do where we actually tie people. If there's a, an afflicting, unclean spirit in your life affecting your finances, your, your health, your home, we'll actually command the spirits to go to their hands and we'll tie them. And it happens. So, I mean, we've, we've had pastors tied before. But it's a powerful demonstration that it's real. Because... It's, it's, it's not like, oh, hey, would you like to be embarrassed or whatever, you know? To... No, it's, it's real. And it's a powerful statement because people need to realize that these kind of things bind us. And it allows the enemy an opportunity to have room in your life. And, and so, and then, you know, we'll pray for the people. The people will be delivered. They'll be free, right? But what happens when they stay stuck? 
when, even after we pray, they stay stuck. Some of them, a, a percentage of them stay stuck. What happened? It's because they have bitterness, because they have unforgiveness. And the demon has a right to be there. Even though I have power, even though I have the authority, they have the ability to stay there because they have a right to be there. It's a spiritual law. And it applies to each one of us. And, and we need to hear this stuff. Because a lot of times we think we can fool our friends and family and, and other people. But we can't fool him. And we know the people that, that walk around, they joke all the time, they laugh, and they always got the smile on their face. But sometimes they can be so broken inside. People like Robin Williams, right? He was one of the greatest comedians. Funny, funny guy. We all loved him, right? Maybe not the younger generation, but us older people. But we loved him. We, and, and we hear things like he committed suicide because it's not that they want to die. They don't want to die. They just don't no longer want to live like they are anymore in a turmoil, even though they can have all the money, right? We pray for money. We pray for this. We pray for that. But what happens with people that win the lottery and they have millions of dollars? A lot of them end up back broke. Why? Because it's what's going on inside. And that's where, if, if this whole message gets to you, I, I want you to understand that God wants your heart. He doesn't just want us to do things for him. As a matter of fact, he says to, remember the ones that, this happens a lot in the charismatic circles where he says, get away from me, you workers of iniquity. Haven't we prophesied? Haven't we healed the sick? Haven't we cleansed the lepers? I've seen the lepers cleansed. It's amazing. It scared the heck out of me because I didn't want to touch him. It's a fear, right? Perfect love cast out all fear, right? And if I failed you in any way, I failed to love you because love never fails. It can't fail, even if you don't get healed. If I failed you, I failed to love you. Some people just simply need a hug. You know that? They just want to know that somebody cares about them and doesn't want anything from them. My God, we went to Florida last week, and we, we <laughs> it's like they're vultures down there with their stupid timeshare stuff. You go into a hotel down there near Disney anywhere, and they're like all over you. Hey, can we talk to you? Can we, you know, we want to do all this great stuff for you. We're family, they told us. And you know what happened when we didn't buy? We were no longer family. Isn't that funny? They, you know, but that's people. And we need the love of Christ and we need to release the love of Christ. Because if I failed to love, I failed you. Perfect love cast out all fear. And if I failed, I failed to love because love never fails. <sighs> the same love empowers our faith. We're in such an awesome time. We are in such an awesome time in the world right now because we have great opportunities. And we have to mix our faith, right? The Bible says check your heart to see if you're in faith, right? And the just shall walk by faith. Not sometimes, faith alone, right? And that's what we get to do because we're a people of faith. And we're a people of God, and we're a people of power. <sighs> and if God be for me, who can dare be against me? 
And so I really believe that God's going to do something powerful here today. And, and, and I praise God for that. There was, there was, a, there was a, a, a church I went to in Africa. I was like, we drove. And the pastor was taking me and we drove. I'm like, we drove through a town. I'm like, there's people. We could minister to these people. And we drove through another town. There's people we could, you know. And, and we drove and drove like four hours. I'm like, well, there's people on the street. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, why are you taking me so far? You know, why do we have to go so far to, you know? And, and we go out into the woods, and there's banana trees, and there's all this, you know, stuff going on. And, and like, well, I guess we have to minister to the goats now because we're way out in here in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, where are we going, right? And, and I'm arguing with the Lord. I'm arguing with myself. I'm like, what am I doing here? And these kind of things. And, and, and we get out through this dirt road, and all of a sudden it opens up, and there's this small church on top of the hill. And I go inside, and there's, there's maybe 200 people in there. And, and I'm like, well, finally, we're here, right? And I get in there, and I can't even explain what happens. And we start praying, and, and it's like the kingdom of God came. And, and people begin to manifest in there. You know, they're, they're throwing up on the floor demons, and people are, you know, we're praying for impartation and activation and these kind of things. And... And, you know, there's a pile of people on the floor, and again, they're kicking each other. And it's like, it was a mess. And then one young woman gets up, and she says, she says, I have to tell you something. She didn't speak English. She's speaking in Swahili, and she goes through the pastor translation. She goes, she goes, I have to tell you, uh, three days ago, I had a dream. And she said she saw me in the dream. She didn't know who I was. She didn't know I was coming there. She saw me in the dream, and, and, and she said the Lord told her that that God's sending a man to do an impartation and they were going to be in revival. And from that day forward, they began going out two by two. <laughs> I don't know where, but they began to go to houses and they began knocking on doors and they began to pray for people. And they would see people healed and they began to add to the church and the church grew and, and people were being healed and delivered and set free. And pe more people would come, and, and they would go out. From that day forward, something happened there, and they're still in revival today. <sighs> but see, I had to be obedient to go there, right? Even though these things in my head, you know, we get, we get in these situations, why this, why that, why that? Because God has a purpose and he has a plan. If we stay the course, and, and, and I said, God, if there's just one there, I'll go. I'll, it's worth it for me. If I come here today from New York and one, it's, it's, it's worth it for me because one can touch a thousand, thousand can touch 10,000. You understand that this is how God's going to touch the world. Look what he did with the 12, right? If God just touches one, it's worth it. But this church, they began to prophesy. They began to see the sick healed. They began to, 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 to evangelize. It's, it's crazy. And we didn't, we didn't have to set up a school. We didn't, we didn't come in and, and do a school and say, okay, we need to train you how to do all these things. The Spirit of the Lord moved upon them. 
See, he can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And that's what I'm saying. We can't, sometimes we can't deliver ourselves. Sometimes we can't get ourselves free. Because the trauma's too bad. Sometimes the hurt's too bad. Sometimes we just can't do it out of our own strength. There's a, there's a resisting of the devil and he'll flee, but there's also a deliverance. <sighs> he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And so what the Lord was speaking to me today was about the fire. There's, there's an impartation that's, that's going to be happening here today. And, and like I said, I pray that God wrecks you the way that he wrecked me because after he touched me, nothing was ever the same. And, and, and all the time, I get jealous sometimes because we're in Brazil and there's this, this, this girl, this young girl, and she comes up to me in the meeting and, and she starts saying, "Why? Well, I saw you and I saw this angel behind you and I saw this gold stuff come down there and I saw this and I saw, and I'm starting to get jealous. And I said, well, you know, tell me about the gift, how you, you know, what happened? And she says, it happened when you prayed for me last time you were here. I begin to see things and I'm getting jealous because she, the way that she described, the way that she described what she saw and the things that she was seeing brought me into a jealousy saying, I want that. And she says, she says, I got that when you prayed last time. That's why we're here today to see you. And so let that be your testimony. You know, you never know whose blessing that you're carrying. You never know. It, it's, it's when we when we say in the morning, we say, Lord, what, what would you have me do today? Right? The just shall walk by faith. What would you have me do today? What can I do for you? My wife still does that stuff for me today. Right? Because she loves me. Right? What can I do for you? That, those kind of things. Lord, what can I do for you today? Lord, I'm sorry that, that, that you know, the way that I've gone, I, I just want to... I want to be ignited again. I want to, you know, I remember that day. You know, I remember that day. I want to get back there. You know, and we get in, in distraction. We get in busyness. We get in our work. We get in this and that. We get in routines. And we become to be, we, we, we get into a, a lukewarmness. We, then, and, and then we drift apart. But man, I want to burn for him now more than ever. And, and I want to see people burn that same way. I don't want to see lukewarm. I don't want to see, you know, I don't want just another sermon. I don't just want another good word or, you know, to, to have a good show. I want to see lives changed. I want to see people healed. I pray for people, they fall. I don't want to see them fall. I want to see them healed. I want to see them delivered. I want to see them go. See, your activation isn't here. Your activation's out there. The impartation's here. The equipping's here. But your activation's there. It might be in Africa. I had a word from a prophet that I would go to Africa. And I had an invite from a pastor online. Everybody said, oh, don't do that. They're robbers. They're cheating. All these things. You're going to get malaria. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. I wasn't a pastor. I didn't have my credentials. I, you couldn't go in my wallet and get any business card. I heard a couple nice sermons. And I'm like, I want to do a nice sermon. I want to go and and all this stuff, and I tried for two weeks, and I couldn't come up with anything to say. And I get there in the middle of the night at three in the morning. I'm like, what am I doing here? 
I'm not a pastor. I have no business being in in the middle of Africa and some strange people pick me up in the middle of the night and I don't even know where I'm going. What am I doing here? We get there at 3 in the morning the pastor drops me off at a hotel and it's dirty and I'm laying on the bed and all of a sudden the mosquitoes come. And all I can hear is, oh, malaria, you're going to go, you know. People say, don't go there, you're going to get sick, you're going to... Right? I'm being real with you. And, and, I'm, and I'm praying in tongues. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up all night. No sleep. And I'm, and I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to say. I have nothing to say. Absolutely nothing to say. I've tried to write some, some scriptures. Some, I wanted to be like the guy I saw in the pulpit had a nice smooth speech and and everything coming in order, and it, come, it was a, like a grand finale, final, you know? I'm like, I want to do something like that. And I couldn't do it. And so he comes in the morning at 6, three hours later. He goes, hey, how'd you sleep? With a big smile on his face. And I could have killed him. I said, I didn't. I said, the mosquitoes were biting me all night. And he goes, he looked at me and laughed again, and he smiled. He goes, well, didn't you put the net down? <laughs> And I felt this tall. I felt this tall because I, I was trying to figure out what that chintzy thing was on top of the bed. I thought it was some kind of stupid design or something. I'm like, I'm like, okay. But it was a net on top of the bed. But I learned quick that you got to put the net down on your Africa because the mosquitoes will bite you at night. And we go to the meeting. He goes, well, we've got to drive five hours, and you're going to go to the meeting and speak today. I'm like, okay. And I get to the meeting, and, 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 and I start reading John 14. I read some of the, the Bible. I just read the Bible, John 14. I read some verses. I say, okay, we're going to pray. Jesus said we can do it. Let's do it. And I begin to pray, and it busted loose. And people begin to to squeal and they begin to holler and shake and they start talking and like in a it's Swahili and they speak there and they and all this stuff they're speaking real fast and I said pastor what are they saying and he goes I don't know he goes they're speaking in tongues we've been praying for that and the and, and his whole church began to speak in tongues and and people there was a woman who was sitting she said she couldn't sit for more than 20 minutes and and she would physically pass out because her heart was bad. And God touched her. God healed her. And people were, were releasing testimonies that they got a, 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 um, a, a new job the next day or they got blessed that night or these kind of things. Testimony after testimony, deaf ears become, they begin to hear. And, and things happen, you know, um, AIDS. You know, everything has a name. And it must bow to the name above all names. And I realized what the scripture means when it says, you know, I can do nothing on my own. Because I spent the time trying to figure out how I'm going to do it. And I didn't rest in him. Because his strength is made perfect. His power is made perfect in our weakness. And, and today we're talking about the power 
It only comes through our weakness. It all comes through the willing vessel. It comes through the one that says, here I am, Lord. And that's all I did. I did some rotten stuff in my life. But God has redeemed me. I was blind, now I see. I was lost and now I'm found. And it's not about God just using me today. It's that he loves me. He's redeemed me. He set me free from those things. I no longer have to worry at night. I, no long, I live in peace. Right? In the Old Testament, the, the blood of bolts and gulls could never clear the conscience. They were never enough. But Jesus, one time through his blood, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and his testimony. So, as I pray for you today, I believe God's going to touch many and change. I pray that God wrecks you. I pray that God heals you. I won't put five meetings into one meeting like Ren did the other night. <laughs> it was like the book of Acts stuff. He's like, hey, if they, they, they go to sleep, they fall out the window, we're going to resurrect them, and then we're going to keep on preaching to them. I love that man. I love his hunger. I love his humility. He has what it takes what America needs. Because the mold needs to be broken on what it is to be a minister. Because Paul said, I'm gracious enough to be a minister of grace, right? It's truly apostolic. And, and Ben Car or Ren carries it. Ben. Ben is actually the name, son of God. Benjamin. It's more, than a, it's more than a prophet, right? Jesus said, more than a prophet. Yeah, you call me a prophet, but I'm more than a prophet. And we need to get off on these. We have to stop with these names because they're just the offices. They're not our identity. Our identity is in him as a son, a daughter. And it's time for the bride to arise and come together and work in unity because we have a mission. So... I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to touch you. I'm going to ask God to impart to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll pray for each one, but I want to touch the ones that God wants to touch first. And so as I begin to pray, if the Holy Spirit comes on you, come forward. I want to pray for you. I will pray for everybody. I believe that it's best when the Holy Spirit touches you because you know it's real. And even when God touched me, the first thing I thought, God, is this real? <laughs> and I'm not just talking about an anointing, but I'm talking about a mantle. Father, we thank you. And I'll just have you stand in faith. And if you're like Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. I believe God's going to begin to touch you. Father, we thank you for this day. And I thank you, Lord, for the word. And Lord, seal it with your Holy Spirit, Father. I thank you, God, even online, to begin to touch people with your fire. Holy Spirit, come. Father, I thank you, Lord, to pour out your kingdom upon these people, upon each one listening. Father, upon each one here, Father. And I thank you, Lord. Let there be an impartation here today, an activation, Father, in the gifts of the Spirit. Through the Father of lights, who gives gifts unto men, Father, let them be released 
Let the nine gifts of the spirits be released here today, Father. Holy Spirit, come. We want to pray for you. Send us a message with your prayer requests through Facebook or email and let us know how we can pray for you today. Also, let us know how this message impacted your life. I love you. God loves you. Shalom.